Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. Welcome to the PAS Report Weekly Roundup Podcast. The PAS Report provides an honest analysis on the critical issues that matter to you without the biased media filters. Here's your host, Professor Nicholas Giordano. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the PAS Report Podcast. This is your host, Nick Giordano. I'm going to talk about education today because when it comes to the education system in America, I have consistently warned about the radicals. The radicals that have taken over the system and how they make a mockery of what education is really about. I warned about the lowest standards and even with these lower standards, the proficiency levels continue to decline. So it's lower standards and proficiency levels continue to decline. Our international rankings continue to decline. I explained how remote learning was an epic disaster. I talked about indoctrination. I wrote about and discussed the national security implications and how foreign governments have infiltrated our education system, especially college campuses, and it's how they run their intel and influence campaigns. The education system has collapsed. It's a sinking ship, and rather than fix the defects that currently exist, rather than return to the actual principles of education, the radicals want to push it even further. We have deviated far from the intent of the original system. What makes it even worse is the several generations that had to go through this cesspool we call an education system. How can we remain the superpower if the majority of people aren't really being educated? How can a country survive if the people of that country know nothing about it? Strangers living amongst each other. Even worse, students are not being taught the intent behind the system. They're not being taught the roles and responsibilities of our institutions. They aren't being taught about their role within the system, their civic obligations. Instead, they are being taught to despise the very place they live, and it's ironic because those who push the narrative that America and our institutions are inherently evil and racist, you notice how they want to continually expand the power of these same institutions. I wonder why that is. doesn't make any sense, but then again, it's not supposed to. It's not about education anymore. It's about pushing a political agenda, and in the end, it always circles back to the idea of power. Today, I'm going to discuss this attempt to reshape minds and explain how deeply embedded it is throughout the education system. I'll explain how it's nothing more than advancing a political agenda and creating an army of future activists. This is going on throughout the entire education system, K-12. through And every parent, student, every concerned American, you need to listen up out there because it starts in kindergarten and goes all the way up to the college degree. I will explain it all. Before I do, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. If you find the show informative, please share it with your family, friends, and on social media. Also, go to the PAS Report website, pasreport.com. Sign up for the newsletter and send me your feedback. I love hearing from the audience. It's always great when I get the questions, the comments. I really enjoy going through it. Now, as I go through this episode, some of you are going to say, well, I send my kids to private school. Others are going to say, well, you should homeschool your kids. Some are going to argue that college degrees aren't worth it anymore. However, private schools, homeschooling doesn't fix the problem. And I'm not discouraging anyone from homeschooling or sending their children to private school. You are smart enough to know what is in your best interest and the best interest of your child or children. Some are going to say that we need to abolish the entire education system. 
And while that is easy to say, it's not practical. It's not realistic. It's never going to be a remote possibility. So there's no point in wasting our time with that. What I am saying is that the education system as a whole and the concept of education is necessary because it stabilizes a society. And without it, societies will crumble. What I mean by that is you could provide your child with the best education possible. You could send them to private school. You could send them to home school. But you have to recognize that if the masses are, of students are being cycled through this corrupt system and our society falls, is it really going to matter what top-tier education your child may have received? Is it going to mean anything? We are witnessing an attack on the foundation of America, this effort to reshape minds. Even Bill Maher, certainly no conservative, even he recognizes how ideological radicals have destroyed the system. And they use different phrases that simply overlap with each other, but they all have the same intent. If someone wants to debate those theories or issues, I'm all for it. I love debates. I think debates are necessary and healthy in any free society. But the problem is we're not allowed to debate these concepts anymore. We're not allowed to talk about them. We're not allowed to criticize these ideas. Proponents of these theories try to marginalize those who criticize them. They name call, they label, but they won't dare debate because that's how thin their argument is. Instead, they want to force through and infuse these concepts into the system and present these concepts as if they're established fact when they're not. Now, I've spoken before about diversity, equity, and inclusion. I've spoken before about critical race theory. And I want to focus on this idea, this DEI mission, the framework that's going on, one of its core components, the idea of culturally responsive teaching. I love how they think they're smart by coming up with these names. I want to explain this culturally responsive teaching. I want to explain how diversity, equity, and inclusion is now required as part of college degree programs throughout the country. I want to examine the intent behind the movement, show why these concepts are so destructive. And when we look at this culturally responsive teaching, I'm not going to put words in their mouth. I'm going to read it directly from their documents, their own words, their own definitions. I'll I'll break it down. Further, because once you start going through the documents, you begin to see how destructive the ideology really is. And it's scary to think that these ideas are permeating throughout the education system. In my opinion, they don't help or advance our society one bit. They don't improve the education that's being provided to students. They aren't going to raise proficiency levels or fix the defects within the system. They aren't going to make it more worthwhile to get a college degree. And and just so everyone is aware, it might not be called culturally responsive teaching in your school, in your district, in your state. In New York State, they call it a culturally responsive sustaining framework. And I will read what New York means by culturally responsive sustaining framework. And remember, it's going to be direct quotes. I am not adding anything to this. I am not providing commentary. I'll provide my commentary after I read it. But this is from their own document. Quote, Adopting this framework that specifically embeds the ideals of diversity, equity, and inclusion by creating student-centered learning environments that affirm cultural identities, foster positive academic outcomes, develop students' abilities to connect across lines of difference, elevate historically marginalized voices, empower students as agents of social change, and contribute to individual student engagement, learning, growth, and achievement through the cultivation of critical thinking, end quote. So let's pick apart this word salad. Now, it starts off by saying student-centered learning environments that affirm cultural identities. I'm actually going to put that on the back burner for right now. I'll hold off on that comment on that for a minute. First, I want to say that I have no problem where it states fostering positive academic outcomes, develop students' abilities to connect across lines of difference. We should always encourage positive uh, academic outcomes. We should always encourage that. 
However, these positive academic outcomes shouldn't be to simply cycle students through a system who haven't met basic proficiency levels. Part of the problem in the United States is that it's not about the material a student has learned and retained. It's about promoting them to the next grade level, even if they don't deserve to be promoted. Positive academic outcomes need to be based on a mastery of the subject material, not simply just being cycled through the grade levels. Also, when they state lines of difference, they are not talking about different thoughts, opinions, or ideas. They're talking about different races, different ethnicities, gender ideology, because to them, that's what it's all about. It's about indoctrination. And you see that when they say they want to elevate historically marginalized voices. The question is, how do they want to do this? See, in past episodes, I have routinely spoken about the founding of America and discussed some of the lesser-known names, names like Filippo Mazzi, Peter Salem, Luis Unzaga, others. But somehow, I don't think this is what they have in mind. They don't want to lift up historically marginalized voices to show why America is such a great country to show where we began and where we are today. What they want to do is empower students to be agents, as they say, agents of social change. And this is where we get into the meat of what they are trying to do. They want to create an army of activists, activists pushing their political agenda, their ideology. When they talk about social change, do you really think they want students to be agents of social change to push the idea of limited government to push the idea of fiscal responsibility and cutting government programs, closing down agencies and departments? When talking about social change, do you think they want the students to be agents of social change to push for increased use of fossil fuels? You and I both know the answer to that. To them, social change only goes in one direction, and it's the far-left agenda. As for the last part, contribute to individual student engagement, learning, growth, and achievement through a cultivation of critical thinking. I have no problems with this. It doesn't really say anything. This is what education is supposed to be about. But they don't want critical thinking. They don't care about critical thinking. And I know this because as part of the DEI framework, the document reads, quote, and not acknowledging the role that racism and bigotry have played and continue to play in the American story, end quote. See, if they actually cared about a discussion, if they cared about critical thinking and education, they would acknowledge that while racism has played a role in the American system, We've also made great strides in regard to race relations in the American system. And the second that you talk about the strides we've made when it comes to race relations and the idea of racism, they accuse you of minimizing the issue of race and racism, that you're pretending it doesn't exist, and that's because of your inherent white supremacy. But they don't want to acknowledge that we've made strides, because if we acknowledge that we made strides, doesn't the entire framework, the DEI framework, crumble? But even worse for them. If they acknowledged that we made great strides, the entire DEI industrial complex, its never-ending money-making juggernaut that it's become, it all ends, right? Think about it logically. If racism goes away over time, if racism is a learned behavior, the business model comes to an end. However, if racism is inherent, if people are born as racist, the money-making scheme continues. It never ends. So we have to take it for what it is. It's showing us right on its surface in their own words. And then you cross-reference it with other documents and you begin to get a clearer picture. When you read deeper into the framework, it states that there are a number of events that have brought us to this moment. At the top of the list, it states, quote, The senseless, brutal killing of black and brown men and women at the hands of law enforcement and the ensuing demands for real and enduring racial justice in the face of this humanity. 
Now, right on the surface, that's simply not true. And no matter how many times they want to push this narrative, that law enforcement officers are hunting down black and brown people. That is simply not true. It's a lie. No matter how many times I say it, it is a complete lie. Education is supposed to be about truth, not lies. Yet they knowingly push lies like this. They knowingly push distortions because they believe it furthers their agenda. The document also talks about Asian hate. They blame Asian hate on the coronavirus. They blame it on white supremacy. They never once mention how Asians are routinely discriminated against in the education system. They don't mention that when we see Asian hate on display, it's not a white person that is usually beating the Asian person up. It talks about discrimination towards groups that are perceived to be not quite American. That's their words, not quite American. They talk about LGBTQ people being marginalized. And let's be honest, no one cares if you're gay or lesbian. Nobody cares. Nobody even cares if, you're, if you identify as trans and you're an adult. What we don't want is groomers talking about sexuality to little kids. What we don't want is boys and men competing on girls and women's sports teams. What we don't want is school officials keeping things from parents who have a legitimate right to know what's going on in the school and with their child. They don't want males using females' bathrooms. That's what they don't want. Yet, this is what the crap the document's pushing out there. This is the basis for the New York State education system. The document goes on to state that hateful sentiments are especially directed at those crossing the southern border. Again, the intent is clear. If you dare call for an orderly process for immigrants... If you criticize illegal immigration, if you call for stricter border security, then you are nothing more than a racist bigot, according to these people. So you're not allowed to actually have a debate about immigration. You're not allowed to have a debate about illegal immigration and what's going on in the southern border. You are supposed to sit down, shut up, and pretend that it's not a problem. They don't want to debate these issues. They don't want you to have your own opinions. They don't want you to think critically. Instead, they want you to obey and conform, adopt the groupthink mentality, and then they say everything's okay. So now let's jump back to the part where it states, quote, creating student-centered learning environments that affirm cultural identities, because this completely undermines the entirety of the United States. This section, this little one sentence is designed to eliminate the American identity. Assimilation into American culture is an important component in the immigration system. The idea that you shed some of your traditions and cultures when you get here, because you adopt the American political concepts of liberty and accept the tenets of the American creed, this is something that has propelled us to become the most powerful nation on earth. However, in recent years, we've seen this push to say that the melting pot and the idea of assimilation is racist. These are racist concepts. This is the movement that exists. You have some universities have declared the concept of the melting pot as a racial microaggression. According to the University of Minnesota, saying America is a melting pot denies a a person, quote, racial and ethnic experiences and denies individuals as a racial and cultural being, end quote. This is where you see the targeting of the American identity. And Teddy Roosevelt warned about it. He, he said, quote, there is no room in this country for hyphenated Americanism. When I refer to hyphenated Americans, I do not refer to naturalized citizens. Some of the very best Americans I have known were naturalized. Americans, Americans born abroad. But a hyphenated American is not an American at all. 
This is just as true of the man who puts his native before the hyphen as of a man who puts German or Irish or English or French before the hyphen. Americanism is a matter of spirit and soul. Our allegiance must be purely to the United States. We must unsparingly condemn any man who holds any other allegiance. But if he is heartily and singly loyal to this republic, then no matter where he was born, he is just as good an American as anyone else. The one absolutely certain way of bringing this nation to ruin, of preventing all possibility of its continuing to be a nation at all, would be to permit it to become a tangle of squabbling nationalities, end quote. And yet that's exactly what we're doing. That's the entire intent behind creating student-centered learning environments that affirm cultural identities. If those coming here don't get an appreciation of American customs and values, how do we expect them to be loyal to the United States? Rather than putting country above culture, we are sending the message that culture is above country. Identity politics is the key to constantly dividing people. And when you consistently say everything is about recognizing the special and unique cultures of the United States, you are creating a tribal society that pits one culture over another. And when we look at tribal countries... It hasn't worked out too well for them. Just look at Afghanistan, Libya, Syria. It won't work out well for the United States as well. So that's the intent where you want to create student-centered learning environments that affirm cultural identities, putting culture above the totality of the United States and rejecting American culture, American values, and American identity. When assimilation doesn't exist, the results are dangerous. The results end up in catastrophe. Europe is a great example of the lack of assimilation. Europe takes people from place A, puts them in place B with all people similar to them that they came from in place A. In order to assimilate into a country, you have to be immersed in that culture. You must understand the history of the country. You must learn the language of the country. If you take people from one country, put them in another country, it's the same people that they lived among in their native countries, what are you doing? And they're never going to gain an appreciation for the new country they're in. This is what we see in Europe. In the United States, we now have an education system that wants to teach our students, both American citizens and non-citizens alike, that America is a horrible place, that America is an inherently evil and racist place, that the people coming to America don't have to assimilate to American culture. Rather, it's America that should assimilate and bow to the other cultures. They want to teach that America is built on a system of oppression. This completely ignores the fact that millions of people have fled their countries, many risking their lives, taking dangerous journeys to escape tyranny, to escape oppression, to escape violence, to seek out better economic opportunities, to come to the United States. And they come here in hopes of freedom, safety, a better livelihood. So now we have millions of children crossing over the southern border by law because we are a good and decent people. We have to provide those children with an education And then you have the entire education system polluting their minds to have nothing but hate and disdain for this new country they came to. Now, some of these migrants can see through the BS, but how many buy into this crap? How many buy into the crap that they're really a victim? And they're being indoctrinated to have nothing but bitterness and resentment towards a country that has provided them with so much opportunity. It's actually disgraceful when you look at it. Imagine traveling thousands of miles away. And you're going through an education system now that's telling you how horrible the place you came to is. You think that's going to provide any benefits to us going forward? Factor that in with what the framework states as the need to, quote, prepare students for a lifetime of civic engagement and contributions to social justice, and you see where it's going.
So that's the next quote I want to read. Quote, prepare students for a lifetime of civic engagement and contributions to social justice, including, for example, completing projects that enable students to apply the learning they have acquired within and across subject areas. Again, this is nothing more than brainwashing students to become activists with the intent of pushing a radical agenda. What sort of social justice projects do you think that they're going to be working on? Do you think that they're going to be working on projects that highlight the importance of the Second Amendment, the intent and purpose of the Second Amendment? Do you think that they're going to be working on projects that call out the weaponization of government agencies and departments? Are those going to work in the social justice projects that the education system is talking about? So this is what's happening in the K-12 system. It wasn't enough that they have hijacked college campuses. It's now filtered down into elementary schools, middle schools, high schools. It's much easier to indoctrinate students when they're just developing before they have real-life experiences, before they formulate opinions on the issues. Not for nothing, but students don't even know the basic facts of America, and I'm not talking about political issues. I'm talking about nonpartisan facts, like what institution is responsible for what in the system. And rather than focusing on providing students with those facts, rather than focus on providing them a better understanding of the American system, they want to inject this poison throughout our society, which will only lead to division and hatred. It leads to the growth of factions. And as I stated before, societies that factionalize themselves, they become broken and fragmented. Degree programs. Colleges are taking it a step further, and I find it extremely worrisome what they're doing. So we're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to pick up on that point when we get back. As someone who worked in emergency management, I routinely sounded the alarm bells on our outdated grid system. Think back to 2003 when a tree branch hit a power line in Ohio, shutting down power to the entire eastern seaboard. Around 100 people died, and this was one of the costliest disasters in American history with losses totaling over $60 billion. Even the White House sees it. They're saying two-thirds of the grid are at least 25 years old, and they recently announced billions of dollars to update it. But we're talking about the government here. How long do you think that's going to take, if at all? When an incident happens, you have to rely on yourself. Be prepared for yourself and your family. With the Patriot Power Generator, you get a solar generator that doesn't install into your house because it's portable. You can take it with you, even use it inside. But it's powerful enough for your phones, medical devices, and even your fridge. Right now, you can go to 4Patriots.com, use code PAS to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store, including the Patriot Power Generator. You'll also get their famous guarantee for an entire year after your order, plus free shipping on orders over $97. A portion of every sale is donated to charities who support veterans and their families. Just go to 4Patriots.com, use code PAS to get 10% off. That's 4Patriots.com, use code PAS to get yours today. Welcome back, and, and now we're going to turn our attention to college degree programs, because making matters far worse is that these institutions have not only fully embraced the DEI model, not only that it wasn't enough to hire thousands of diversity officers that get paid an enormous amount of money, it wasn't enough to have speech codes on campus, it wasn't enough to force speakers from college campuses because they didn't like their point of view, it wasn't enough to target marginalized conservative students. Now, every single student who wants a college degree must buy into the DEI model so that they could earn their degree. And what do I mean by that? Well, it's something that's not getting a lot of attention. It certainly should. Every student and parent should be aware of what's happening. But the DEI obsession operates on empty platitudes rather than sound policy. And unfortunately, these platitudes are now being incorporated. The entire DEI framework is being incorporated into degree programs at many of our universities and colleges throughout the country. 
including University of Massachusetts, Drake University's, Brandeis, Villanova, and the State University of New York, the entire system, the SUNY system. The list goes on and on, but you get the point. And I want to focus on the SUNY system for a minute because the SUNY schools, the SUNY college system is the largest university system in the country. They have 64 institutions servicing nearly 1.3 million students. And they just ran through a major change in their degree programs. In order to graduate, students have to satisfy the new diversity, equity, and inclusion general education requirements emphasizing social justice and activism. This is in every degree-granting program. And again, I'm not going to put words in their mouth. I'm just going to read you these objectives, the knowledge and skills area. According to SUNY, to meet the diversity, equity, inclusion, social justice, knowledge, and skills area, students will, quote, describe the historical and contemporary societal factors that shape the development of individual and group identity involving race, class, and gender, analyze the role that complex networks of social structures and systems play in the creation and perpetuation of the dynamics of power, privilege, oppression, and opportunity, and, and this one's the key, apply the principles of rights, access, equity, and autonomous participation to past, current, and future social justice action. Now, DEI requirements have nothing to do with advancing academia has nothing to do with advancing the field of education. It's not about academic excellence. It's a political agenda with the intent to create an army of activists. Just listen to the third bullet point again. They want students to engage in what they deem as social justice action in order to graduate. Again, think to yourself, what is this going to do? What sort of things are students going to have to engage in? You also have to realize that if the number of college credits required to obtain a college degree aren't changing, well, in order to make way for these DEI certified courses, you are going to need to drop courses, right? So in degree programs, courses are going to be dropped. How many of those courses would provide much more value to the student body over the DEI SJ courses? How many? And if a department chooses not to drop any courses from their degree program, then they have to revise one or two of their current courses so that it could be DEI certified. It could be DEI compliant. When you're going to college or you're sending your children to college, is this what you really expected to pay for? Is this what you really want? Just to give you an idea of how this is going to take shape, for a program to meet DEISJ criteria, courses must integrate diversity and systemic racism, racism as its core components. And I take this, uh, this is directly from the SUNY Criminal Justice Program. As an example, a working group was created and they found that one DEI course will not suffice, quote, because it will not adequately address the issues, yet it may take some time to effectively establish a competency requirement, end quote. They also state that the program should require, quote, systemic racism as a mandatory course towards the degree requirements so that students will better understand structural racism in the context of present day. Now, this is a working group, so it's important to note that it's not set in stone yet, but it does illustrate the intent, and it's easy to see how these rushed approaches actually do more harm than good. It does show you how ideologically toxic these people are that are the ones developing and pushing this nonsense. The DEI-SJ learning outcomes present assumption as fact, pushing a narrative that America is and will continue to be a systemically and institutionally racist country. Regardless of political ideology, any academic that's being honest with themselves knows that the DEI objectives are intellectually shallow. 
that they are ideologically driven. The framework attempts to oversimplify America, oversimplify our institutions and our history. The framework ignores the great strides we made over the last two centuries. This totalitarian approach, it's only viewed through one particular lens. It paints a broad brush. There's no room for debate or discussion. They view everything through the prism of race, of gender, and it hinders the very essence of higher education because debate and discourse are unwelcome on their campuses. See, in order to advance the DEI framework, groupthink is essential. They don't want people who are going to challenge them. They don't want people who are going to challenge the narrative. And even when you do have the handful of people, the handful of professors that are willing to have a backbone and stand up, well, they're going to be overruled to the 300 other professors that will just go along with this groupthink mentality. And it's why colleges like Seton Hall University are requiring all faculty and administrators sitting on search committees to attend diversity training as positions open. These search committees are a key component to the hiring process, and they now are going to be subjected to the DEI criteria. DEI is now a litmus test in the hiring process, and it appears that only those who conform to the DEI narrative will be considered for academic positions. DEI is not an academic discipline. It's a cultural movement. It has morphed into this lucrative industry at the expense of students, of faculty, of institutions, of our society, of America. The push for DEI has real-world consequences, and we are witnessing that day in, day out. Just look at Virginia. Look at the Virginia Public Schools Merit Award scandal, where in the name of equity, merit awards were delayed. We're now up to what, 16, 17, 18 schools that this took place in? You know, they tried to say, oh, it was human error at first when we only had one school. Well, I highly doubt 16, 17, 18 schools all had human error. This was intentional, and the harm that it potentially inflicted on these students— It may have students and families to miss out on college scholarship opportunities, on even acceptance into the College of a Student's Choice. That's how nefarious these people are. Under a DEI framework, merit is discouraged. It treats the most open and tolerant generation in American history as racist bigots in need of deprogramming. That's what really bothers me. You know, when it comes to race in this country, the newest generations, they are so much different. They wouldn't say one-tenth of the things that our grandparents said. Is everything perfect? No. But we have come such a long way and they want to take us backwards. They don't want to acknowledge the strides we made because it destroys their business model. It destroys their agenda. They reject historical facts like how Massachusetts outlawed slavery in 1781, six years before the Constitutional Convention. They ignore the founding fathers who spoke out against slavery, served as abolitionists. They ignore how white and black men from the North fought this out, sacrificing their lives to end the evil practice of slavery, to keep the United States whole. They ignore the fact that it was Republicans in Congress working with a Democrat president that passed the Civil Rights Act. And yet we're going to pretend that the new generation is a bunch of racist bigots? We're going to really pretend that and force them to go through this DEI crap? It's DEI that is fostering division. It is DEI that is destroying the American identity. And it's time that we end this practice of DEI because it doesn't provide any real value within our society. But unfortunately, the radicals are going full steam ahead. Now, I hope you found the content of this episode informative. And please share it with your family and friends. I want to thank you for joining me, and I'll be back on Monday with another great episode of the PAS Report Podcast. Thank you for listening to the PAS Report Weekly Roundup Podcast. Podcast. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe to the podcast. 
so you'll never miss an episode. Also, visit PASReport.com and follow us on Twitter at PASReport. 